0: We'll stand at this time and let's welcome Pastor Kurtz as he comes to the platform. Thank you. you. May be seated. Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9. What a privilege it is for me to be here. I received a call from Nicole Torberson a few months back and she. Uh, asked me this question. She said, Pastor Kurtz, would you be interested in coming out and speaking in chapel at West Coast? She wasn't thinking what I was thinking when she asked me that question. and My response was, more than ever, I'd like to come out and speak in your chapel. The reason being is because my son is now a freshman here. And so I said, yeah, I'd love to come out there and speak in your chapel. What a privilege it is just to do that, but to come out and see my son. Uh, my son i I called him about uh, a week or two after he had arrived here and i said how's it going at west coast abe and this is the response that he gave to me he says dad anyone who loves the lord would love being there i said i don't know that i could come up with a better way to describe a college than anyone who loves the lord would love being there. Proverbs chapter nine and verse seventeen. We read these words: "Stolen waters are sweet. Stolen waters are sweet." My son turned 18. We said, "Abe, what do you want for your 18th birthday?" He said, "I want to go skydiving." <laughs> Who's gone skydiving before? All right. I'm seeing about 10 hands. How many? If you got your hand up, keep your hand up. If you've gone skydiving solo. Anybody gone skydiving solo? All right, we've got one brave young lady over here. My son said, Dad, I want to go skydiving. And I, he goes, "Will you go with me. Yeah, I'll go with you. You want to go skydiving? Let's do it. So uh, he begins to look into it. There's a place about 30, 40 minutes from our place out in the country called Ritman, Ohio, near a town called Ritman, Ohio. And uh, he said, Dad, uh, there's two options when you go skydiving. You can either go tandem or you can go solo. Tandem means you're tied to, you're literally tied to an instructor. Solo means you're on your own. Okay. He says, I wanna go solo. (laughs) Will you go with me, dad? Okay. I didn't know what I was agreeing to. If you've never done that, when you go, they said to us when we got there, I said, how many people are doing this jump today? And they said, between 250 and 300 people will be doing this jump. (laughs) And they said, "Um, if you're doing, are you doing solo? I said, yeah, we're doing solo. They said, okay, well, then you're going to go over here. And I'm noticing that everybody else is going over there to the tandem side. Tandem takes about 20 to 30 minutes of instruction. Solo, they wouldn't tell us how much instruction that we got. But I did know something before we went. We were supposed to have this done before we went. There was some uh, legal documents that we had to sign. I received those legal documents. I believe I put my initials on there 27 times. And I signed it with my signature, I think, three to five more times. Lots and lots of legal documents basically saying, if you splat, it's your fault. (laughs) So we get there. They say, go over there. If you're with Tandem, go over here. They said there's about 250 to 300 that are gonna to jump today. The ones that were doing solo for the first time included me, and my son, and one other young man who had already done Tandem. So we go into this class. As we're in this class, they begin to teach us. And we said, well, how long? You know, I mean, lunch is coming. and it's about 8 o'clock then. And uh, we're already thinking of lunch. And they're like, well, we don't know, but we will break for lunch. It was about 2:30 when we concluded our uh, session. It was about 5:30 when we got on the 17th plane that went up that day. I will tell you this, though: I was all ears that day. I was listening. I was trying to, I was trying to pick everything up they said, because they'd said a lot of stuff. Now when you jump out of the plane, you're going to be going, you'll be going approximately 120 miles an hour in the air. We're gonna jump out from 13,000 feet. There's the possibility that when you pull the ripcord for your, uh, for your parachute, that the parachute will not uh, come out. There's the possibility that the parachute will come out and be twisted. There's the possibility that you'll make a mistake and you'll uh, do your emergency uh, reserve parachute, and then they'll both be out, and that could be a problem too. There's a number of different problems that could be there. They could be together like this, or they could be this way, or one could be up and one could be down. And they're, and they're telling us all this. I mean, we're, I, I'm eating everything up. I'm saying I don't, whatever the rules are, just tell me what they are. I need to know. We got in the airplane then, and uh, there were about 14 people, I think, in each airplane that went up. We were uh, airplane number 17 at about 530. And they put this, uh, what's called an ultimate, altimeter, I believe is what's called, on your wrist. And that thing tells you what your height is. The plane took off, just a dirt uh, runway. The plane takes off and uh, starts up in the air. We got to about 500 feet, between 500 and 1,000. I looked at it, and I looked at Abe. I was like, we're going to 13,000 feet. Well, we had watched some people jump earlier uh, in the day because from 2.30 to 5.30 was kind of free for us because we had to wait on our plane uh, trip up. And so I had watched people that had jumped. And uh, I had noticed how they jumped and how they landed, but I also knew how we had been instructed to land. And so we got ready to go, and Abe went first, and I got to go. Now I'm the last person in the plane. My son jumps out. I can't chicken out now. And so I jumped. Before you jump, you got to get to the door. You got to look in. You got to check in, check out. You've got to uh, have this knee against this. You got to be holding in this way. You lean out. You lean back in. You take a deep breath, and then you just step out into space. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will tell you that there are two instructors that are with you until your parachute comes out. They're somehow uh, beside you and when you jump, you're supposed to arch your back and you begin to fall. And when you're falling, you're supposed to have your hands like this. I mean, they they taught us all these things. I was all ears, (laughs) except for one little detail. And so I I got like this, I'm supposed to have head up, I'm supposed to check my altimeter, I'm supposed to tell this guy what my number is, I'm supposed to tell him the same number as I'm falling, and then I'm supposed to reach back and and pull that little, uh, like a a gunny sack, uh, that's a happy sack uh, thing that you're going to throw your... parachute out and you reach back for that as you reach back you go like this because if you reach back with this hand then you're off center and you might flip around and so you're supposed to go like this and I do that three times and then you're supposed to relax and these guys are giving you a little signal and a little signal like this means relax yeah relax you're going 120 miles an hour through the air (laughs) relax so I tried to relax after I got all that done and all of a sudden I feel something on my right wrist and a guy's slapping my wrist over and over again and that means look at your altimeter. Well, I look at 6,000, you're supposed to lock in. And at 5,500 feet, so now you've fallen from 13,000 to 6,000. And at 55, you're supposed to throw. So you're supposed to lock in on that and watch it until it gets to 55, which is just a couple seconds. And then you're supposed to throw. Well, he's whacking my wrist. And what that means is is you're supposed to... I was doing the relaxing part. And you're supposed to now be doing the locking in part. And so I lock in. I'm already at 55. And so I reach back for that little uh, thing that I was supposed to grab, and I can't find it. And then I feel something that doesn't feel like it. And I realize that the guy had grabbed it for me and thrown it, and they were gone. I have no idea what happened to them. And the the, the parachute comes out. I mean, it came out good. Uh, I didn't have any of those five million problems they described to us that potentially you could have. And I begin, and if you've ever done it, I mean, it's the most awesome thing in the world to be just floating above the earth you can just pull down on one side and you just do a circle pull down the other side you just twist around it's like you're just and you can pull down on both of them it's like you stop it's like you're driving a car two miles an hour in the air and so but you're you're actually falling quite rapidly and so as you do that (laughs) you also have a thing in your ear and that's telling you uh the, if it works which they said it may not work there's going to be on the ground guy on the ground kind of helping you through well i had watched some other people land these were professional people and they just landed they just like land they like do, you know they just run and, and i was like i can do that but that's not how they told us to land they had this term i can't remember what it was but you're supposed to have your feet together and you're supposed to land and then you just like softly fall to the side you fall down and roll well, I'm in the middle of, you know, floating in there thinking I'm very cool. And I'm like, I, I think I'll do the running thing. And then the guy's talking in my ear and I'm gonna run into a bean field. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm running into a bean field. And, and I, I, I'm ready to do the one, two, three, that, that really slows you down as you get there and I'm in the middle of thinking, I think I'll just run. I mean, it's not, th- I'm very athletic, <laughs> and I'll just run, or should I do it the way I'm taught? And it, the, the ground came really fast, let me just tell you that. And I landed about half running and half falling, and that did not work at all. I banged my knee, I'm still hurting from it, that was August the 5th. I tell you all that to tell you this, there were some rules that they gave us. There were some rules that they gave us. I probably should have paid attention to that last rule about how to land and land properly when you're a newbie. When you're just doing this for the first time. When the Bible tells us this, stolen waters are sweet. What's the Bible teaching us when the Bible says stolen waters Our sweet Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this day and the privilege of being in your house and uh, speaking, Lord, to college students. Lord, you have a truth for us in Proverbs chapter 9 that's precious. And I pray, Lord, that we can navigate through this chapter, glean some truths that will be helpful today, Lord. I pray for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. As for uh, uh, the privilege of bringing in a little uh, illustration for you today, I want to uh, build a fence. And uh, and I just want to say thank you to Thane because Thane carried this over here for me. And uh, Thane said that this doesn't work. I'm hoping I can figure out how to get to build a fence because I want to challenge you today about building a fence. The Bible says stolen waters are sweet. Stolen waters are sweet. And then it goes on and it says these words. It says bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Notice that where it says, stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. My challenge for you today is to build a fence. The shepherd and I are going to figure out how to build one here. <laughs> is that going to work? Yes, sir. Look at this. They didn't take notes. (laughs) I grew up on a farm. I never built a fence like this before, but we built a lot of fence. But I'm going to challenge our students today about this concept of building a fence. On the farm, we had four different kinds of fence. We had a wood fence or a board fence. We had a woven fence. We would have barbed wire fence or we'd have electric fence. Who here today would say, I've worked on one of those kind of fences? A bunch of, oh, good you got, got a little bit of an idea of what I'm talking about, about building a fence. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 17, stolen waters are sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But verse 18 then says this, but he knoweth not that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Let me tell you something, you can bank on this fact. If you get duped into believing that stolen waters are sweet, you're going to reap proverbs chapter 9 and verse 18 death and destruction what should we do about this concept then that stolen waters are sweet we must build a fence having the having no fence is the worst place to be if you don't have a fence you have no security you have no direction you have no protection I grew up on a farm. What farmer would neglect to put up a fence? Can you imagine walking up to your, your cattle and you say, Hey, cattle, just, uh, just listen, set your own fence. Just be back by 11. <laughs> a farmer values his animals. The Bible says it this way. A child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Today, I want to challenge you about building your Fence. It's no longer time for your parents to be building a fence for you. It's time for you to be building your fence. And by the way, a young person who's longing to escape the fence is not revealing some kind of an innate intelligence. To seek to escape the fence is to follow a fool, according to Proverbs chapter 9. It's foolishness. It's a complete lack of maturity. When I grew up, my dad would say this. We're going to build a fence. And when you build a fence, here's how you build a fence. You build it. Horse high, bull strong, and pig tight. Build your fence horse high, bull strong, and pig tight. If you're going to build a fence, number one, it must be valuably recognized. You must recognize the value. It must be valuably recognized. Proverbs chapter 9, beginning in verse 1, says, Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her peace. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. She hath sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. Look at verse 4. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him. That's an interesting verse. In verse 4 it says, Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread, drink of the wine which I have mingled, forsake the foolish and live, and go in the way of understanding. Wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is to build in our house. Wisdom is available. God wants to provide light for us. As we build our fence, God wants to help us with that. All the way back in the Garden of Eden, didn't God set a fence? What was outside the fence? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And guess what? Adam and Eve got duped into believing that stolen waters are sweet. And so they went outside the fence. They got out... Let me ask you a question maybe you could try this go to Walmart now when no one's looking and just steal a, a little bit of water I mean you know, make sure nobody's looking make sure the cameras aren't catching you and just steal water put it in your pocket take it outside take a sip of it it's really good when you do that now how many of you would say you're the dumbest individual I've ever heard <laughs> let me give you another illustration you ever go to one of those restaurants and that restaurant has uh, bread before you get your meal don't you love those sometimes i eat so much i'm like i don't really need anything thanks for the thanks for the bread but i've learned something if you go to those places cheddars croissant uh, croissants dr r and i've eaten a few of those together but if you go there and you get some bread the best thing to do is if you got a suit on it's good because you can put some maybe in your pockets and maybe you go into a back hallway or if you maybe go into the restroom I don't know just go somewhere maybe outside the back of the building and you eat it it's way better and you say you're an idiot but let me tell you something oftentimes we get duped into believing that stolen waters are sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant but he knoweth not that the dead are there and that our guests are in the depths of hell if we're gonna build a fence, by the way, don't wait on building your fence. You say, I'll tell you what, when I get a little older, that's when I'll do it. Brother Shepard just mentioned what all eyes in America, it seemed like almost all eyes in America, were yesterday on this Senate hearing. Two 50 some year old people, I believe, testified. You know what they did? They testified about when they were teenagers. What they were testifying about when they were teenagers is about a fence. And we can break it down in this way. They were testifying about a fence that they had. The world actually said it. And guess what they did? They decided to step outside their fence. They were underage drinking. It's against the law what they were doing. But you know what they decided to do? As a teenager, they decided to step outside the fence because stolen waters are sweet. They're now in their fifties. And they're reaping some horrible consequences from stepping outside the fence. Can I challenge you today? Let's build a fence. If we're gonna build a fence, it must be valuably recognized. When wisdom hath built her house and she hath hewn out her seven pillars and she hath killed her bees, she hath mingled her wine, she hath furnished her table, she hath sent forth her maids, she cried, the wisdom is available. We ought to recognize it. But I mentioned to you verse four. There's another verse in this chapter, it's verse 16. You might already know this, but it's identical. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she sayeth him, that's verse 16. Verse four goes like this. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him. If you know your Bible, if you know Proverbs chapter nine, you understand that there are two voices vying for your ear there's wisdom and there's foolishness both trying to get your attention you better valuably recognize the value of this fence building the fence building in horse high and bull strong and pig tight by the way the grass is not always greener outside but sometimes it is But if you're going outside, there are always consequences to stepping outside the fence. I'll give you a farm illustration. On our farm, we had cattle and we had uh, electric fence for them. And where we had electric fence for them, just outside in one spot, there was a 25-acre alfalfa field. Beautiful, lush, green alfalfa just outside the fence. Now, let me tell you something. If those cattle got out and got into that, Ooh, that was good. They really liked that. However, if they did, it then ruined their winter nourishment. You see, that area was for us to bale. Once we dried it and we got it baled, we'd put it in the barn, and that's what they ate in the winter. And so when they would jump outside the fence, oh, it's good for a while, but it ruined their winter nourishment. Nourishment. Wisdom in the first portion of this chapter. Wisdom is rich provision. It's a gracious invitation. Turn in hither. Wisdom is building a fence based upon the word of God. Hold your place here if you would. Go back with me to Psalm 119 for just a moment. In Psalm 119... And verse 44 we read these words the psalmist here makes this statement psalm 119 44 he says so shall i keep thy law continually forever so shall i keep thy law continually forever and then look what he says in verse 45 and he says and i will walk at liberty oh you know what he figured out He figured out when he keeps the law, when he stays within the fence, he gets to walk at liberty. You know what Satan says all the time? The only way you're going to find liberty is get outside the fence. Get outside the fence. Once you're outside the fence, you're going to find liberty. No, no. That's not biblical. Biblical is this. When you get your fence built, you understand the value of the law. And you say, I'm going to keep the law continually forever and ever. Then you get to walk at liberty. So shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. I'm going to build a fence. I'm going to stay inside it. Why? And I will walk at liberty for I seek thy precepts. Deuteronomy 6.24 says that God's statutes, his commandments are for our good always. James chapter 1 says every good gift, every perfect gift cometh down from above from the father of life with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. If you want the good, if you want the good, it's right here. It's inside. James calls it this way. He calls the commandments, he calls the word of God the perfect law of liberty. Jeremiah says the opposite. Look what Jeremiah says. I'll just read it for you. In Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 25, the second half of the verse says, Your sins have withholding good things from you. Here's what happens when we get outside the fence. Our sins will withhold good things from us let's not be duped into believing the stolen waters are sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant that's stupidity it's ignorance let's build a fence let's set our fence horse high and bull strong and pig tied it must be valuably recognized number two it must be regularly repaired it must be regularly repaired if the commandments of God are for our good always then we have a great fence set you know what happened on the farm though sometimes Especially after a storm, you got to go check your fence. You got to go see what's going on. You got to look over your fence. There may have been branches that fall on your fence, there may be trees that fell, there might be wild animals that run through your fence. There is a voice that must be discerned to be foolish. In Proverbs chapter 9, there's two voices, they're saying the same thing. Come, come, come. I got something for you. Let me tell you something. Pornography is stolen waters greed is stolen waters adultery is stolen waters cheating is stolen waters lust is stolen waters premarital sex is stolen waters running from the rules is stolen waters anything outside the fence is stolen waters it is not sweet long term someone said it this way the first step toward virtue is to reject vice Make a choice. Forsake the foolish. Set your fence horse high and bull strong and pig tight. Got a fence? If you're going to have a fence, it must first be valuably recognized. Recognize the value, the wisdom that's available. Number two, it must be regularly repaired. Number three, it must be prudently removed. Prudently removed. What do I mean by that? I'll tell you this in college, you're setting your own. You say, Well, I'll tell you what, I think I'm going to make some movement here. I'm going to move some things a little bit. My parents did it this way. The college maybe says this, but now I'm an adult. A fence must be moved only with careful thought, with counsel, with wisdom, with prayer. Who have you set as counsel? Who's a mentor? for you. I had a boy on our basketball team years ago, he's about five foot eight, couldn't shoot very well, but he figured out something. If he was gonna play on our basketball team, the only way he was gonna play is if he figured out how to play defense. And he was meticulous in the detail of playing defense. We used to do a thing in our, in our gym We call them nine lines. I don't know if you've ever participated in nine lines. They're a lot of fun, especially when you're the one telling someone else to do it. (laughs) A nine line is you start on one side of the gym, not the length, but on the side of the gym, on the side of the gym floor, and you have your uh, back foot on the line. That's line number one. This line over here then becomes line number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You end up back where you started line, line number nine. You do that in 30 seconds. When we did that, we would make them, we said, you don't have to touch the line with your hand, but you have to touch it with your foot. Every line must be touched with your foot. Oftentimes as coaches, we would stand near the lines and we would watch. If somebody didn't touch the line, we may stop them. Or we may let them complete the whole thing and we'd tell the whole group, that one doesn't count because somebody didn't touch the line. And what we were trying to do is we were trying to explain to them an attention to details. This young guy was playing. We were in the, the championship game of, of the, the area that we competed in. We were up by four. There was less than a minute to go. The best player on the other team had the ball and he was driving baseline. He was about ready to score. We had been up by quite a few and we were losing the lead. And we were just begging the clock to finish out so we could win the game. This guy's driving. If he scores, we're going to be up two. We're in big trouble. As he drives baseline this little five foot eight guy really couldn't play offense at all he textbook through his leg to the baseline stands there lets that guy run over him and the ref blows the whistle and calls a charge game saved, game one that guy understood the importance of defense and attention to detail and let me tell you this if we're gonna set a fence we better be very prudent if we're ever gonna move it the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 9 it says this she hath sent forth her maidens you know what the Bible's telling us there about wisdom wisdom has individuals that have been sent forth to try to help you to see the value of wisdom you're in a college here well I, I was thinking of this I wrote this down I, what an environment for the challenge that I bring today You say okay it's time for me to set my fence i'm no longer underneath my parents like i i have been in the past so i got to set a fence hey brother shepherd what do you think about um, this decision i'm about ready to make hey hey dr rasmussen could you help me with this wow what a privilege let me tell you about a mistake that we make in moving our fence sometimes here's what happens we may say this, we say, well, uh, I've been duped into believing that stolen waters are sweet and they're outside the fence, so I'll just move the fence. Because then it's no longer outside the fence, it's inside the fence. And, 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 and over here there was this, this uh, stipulation, but I'll just move the fence. Now I'm still inside. There's an agenda that started to get some momentum in America about 20 years ago at least. It was called at the time the gay agenda. And those who began to push that decided that in our country that we ought to move the fence. Understand the problem of moving the fence. If you've been duped into believing that stolen waters are sweet and you come to the conclusion, I'll just move the fence, here's the problem. Once you move the fence it's no longer stolen waters and so guess what since you've been duped into believing that the stolen waters are sweet what do you have to do now you got to move your fence again so we went from the gay agenda to the lgbt agenda to the lgbtqp all those other letters agenda now we're at an agenda that's called gender uh fluidity we don't even know for boys and girls anymore you know what's happening We've been duped into believing that stolen waters are sweet in this country, so let's put it inside the fence. Let's make it okay, but since that's okay, that's not quite so appealing. Let's move the fence again, and pretty soon we got a mess. It must be prudently removed. John Adams many years ago said a republic only lasts if you have a moral or a virtuous people. When we move the fence to satisfy our desire, it's a recipe for disaster because it must keep moving as long as stolen waters are sweet let me challenge you again set your fence horse high and bull strong and pig tight I'll give you one last thought and that's this building a fence it can be foolishly rejected it can be foolishly rejected I'm I'm a man now I'm a college student now I'm a lady I'll do what I want I don't want any fence Fence is going to have those who despise. The fence is going to have those who attempt to destroy it. On the farm, one of the things you hated with a fence was deer. Electric fence, deer didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And they would run through it. Deer hate your fences. Let me sum this up in this way. Carnal, sensual pleasure is the enemy to virtue. And it is the inlet to vice. Look with me, if you would, in Proverbs chapter 9. You've got wisdom. Wisdom hath built her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. Seven pillars talks about strength and completion and perfection. She hath killed her beast. She hath mingled her wine. She hath furnished her table. She hath set forth her mages. She crieth upon the highest place of the city. But you got another voice in verse 13, it's called foolishness, a foolish woman is clamorous. Watch this, she is simple and knoweth nothing. You know what the word clamorous means? Loud and obnoxious. She is loud, she is obnoxious, she is simple, she knows nothing. For she sitteth at the door of her house, on a seat in a high place of the city, to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn and hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, and that her guests are in the depths of hell. this foolish woman has nothing to offer but a loud voice. She courts to her school that you and I may be cured of the restraints of religion. But I want to challenge you about this today. We, we are family. We ought to encourage one another about our fences. On the farm, you had fences. If you got along with your neighbors... They would help you with your fence. Sometimes you shared a fence. Sometimes the neighbor would show up and say, hey, just wanted to let you know, I saw a tree fell through your fence. Got a chainsaw, I'll help you. We ought to be helping one another. You look around your college classmates. You might see one and say, boy, I think maybe that one's beginning to be duped, deceived into believing that stolen waters are sweet. Why don't you help them out a little bit? Oftentimes, you know what we end up doing? We we're tearing down their fence. We're encouraging them to step outside the fence. The boy, his name is Michael Johnson. It's not always been his name. He was born in Romania. When he was born in Romania, he was born with a number of physical problems. One of the problems that he had is one of his feet was turned at a 90-degree angle out. There's a lady, I believe she lived in Georgia, She and her husband decided they were going to adopt. She flew to Romania to adopt a girl. When she got to Romania to adopt a girl, she went into, I believe this was an orphanage, and she saw this little guy, he was three. The nurse, she asked the nurse about the little boy, and the nurse's words were these, boy, no good. She picked that little boy up, and she thought, what will ever happen to this little boy if I don't try to help him? She called her husband, who was waiting to hear from her about the little girl she was gonna adopt. And she said to her husband, Ernie, there's this little boy here. I think we ought to adopt him. They adopted him. They named him Michael. His name's Michael Johnson. Began to grow, he went to school, had all kinds of physical problems. He was in a wheelchair. Coach at the school became friends with him. Little boy had a couple of unique things about him. One was every time he talked to someone, he would ask them what kind of a vehicle he drove. Brother Shepherd, what kind of vehicle do you drive? A Highlander. A Highlander. Highlander. Who, who made that? Toyota. Toyota Highlander. He would talk to Brother Shepherd. He would find out what vehicle he drove. He would go here, there, everywhere, talk to other people, he'd come back He'd go, talk to him about his Toyota Highlander again. He just, he just, he knew everybody's vehicle, he was really into that. Second thing about the little boy, he was a teenager now, if he talked to you, you may not say this to him, but he would say back to you, love you too. You wouldn't say anything to him, he'd say love you too, when he was leaving, love you too. Coach got to know the boy, the boy asked the coach what he drives. Began to talk a little bit. Coach went to uh, Ernie Johnson and his wife. Some of you know who Ernie Johnson is. is. TNT inside the NBA. Said to Ernie, said, hey, uh, would you mind if this guy, Michael, would become uh, part of our basketball team? He said, that'd be all right. Becomes part of the basketball team. And the coach began to go into his classes. And he would teach them this sign language. He would say, this means I. That now is an L that stands for love, and then when you go like this, that makes a U, I love you. And the coach began to teach the kids this, and then he would do that, and then he would point at them, I love you too. And it became something that they would do around school, I love you too. And, and all the basketball team, the coach would, would talk to each player, and, and he'd tell me he loved them, and they would tell him back, love you too. So they're at a basketball game, and uh, Ernie Johnson tells a story in a book called Unscripted, Ernie says, uh, my son would go into the locker room with the team, and when he goes into the locker room, he'd come back out, and I'd say, hey, Michael, what, what happened in the locker room? He goes, sometimes he'd say, uh, Boy, Coach Boiler, mad, break clipboard. <laughs> said one game they were in, and he said uh, one of their best players' name was Spencer, uh, and he fouled out late in the game, tight game, and he fouls out, he comes over the bench, he's mad, and he gets there, and Michael Johnson says, Spencer, drive Isuzu Rodeo? Spencer goes, yeah, love you too. This little guy was teaching everybody in that school. We're family. We're family. Love you too. Let me tell you something. As we work to build a fence, let's not tear each other's fence down. Let's help each other. Let's encourage each other, and as we build our fence, let's build our fence horse high and bull strong and pig tight. Horse high, horse can't jump over. Bull strong, you ever deal with a bull before? I was four the first time I got knocked over by a bull. He almost stepped on me and killed me that day. A bull is so strong. They don't understand. If they understood their strength, I don't think we'd ever be catching them. And then pigs, pigs will go down and they'll begin to dig under there. They'll just begin to dig a little bit and they'll take their nose. You better make it pig-tied. Can I challenge you today? Let's not be duped into believing that stolen waters are sweet. Let's not be duped into believing that bread eaten and sin. You say, that's just foolishness. I grew up when water was free. Remember that day? We, I, I remember saying, I will never pay for water. Maybe the Bible knew we were going to have water and people were going to try to steal it. And it makes fun of the idea that stolen water is sweet. We couldn't be so foolish to believe that water, when it's stolen, tastes different. We couldn't be so stupid to believe that bread, if we eat it in secret, it tastes differently than it does. But that's what the foolish woman is trying to tell us. The foolish woman is trying to tell us, let's get outside the fence. Let's get outside the fence. Let me ask you a question today. How's your fence? How's your fence? Would you be honest and say, I'll just have to be honest with you. I've been duped into believing that stolen waters are sweet. There's been some situations in my life that, I can, that are coming to mind at this point in time where I've recognized, I've thought, wow, you know, that's outside the rules. That's outside the, God, that's outside the Word of God. But I've I got, I got to try that. And maybe even you've said this, I think what I'll do is I'll just move the fence. If I move the fence, it's not going to work. Because if you've been duped into believing stolen waters are sweet, that one's no longer s- stolen, and so now you gotta go a little bit further, and you gotta go a little bit further, and you get in a mess to where we don't even know for boys and girls anymore in America. Young people today, could I encourage you? Let's build a fence. Let's recognize the value of the fence. And let's make sure we don't get duped into believing stolen waters our sweet. Could i ask you to stand for a word of prayer. We come now to a time of invitation. In this time of invitation, it may be that you would want to come and bow down here at the front and just say this, oh Lord, help me not to be duped, help me not to be deceived into believing that stolen waters are sweet. How foolish that is. I can't believe that there's a possibility I would get duped into believing stolen waters are sweet. Heavenly Father, thank you Lord for your love for us. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that wisdom is available. Wisdom is trying to get our attention. Wisdom has sent forth her maidens. Lord, help us to grasp wisdom and the value of it as we build our fences. And Lord, please help us not to be deceived into believing that stolen waters are sweet. Lord, today there would be some young people here today that would say, I've been duped, I've been deceived. Lord, I pray that you would help them set the fence, set it horse high and bull strong and pig tight. For others, Lord, who are here at an altar now saying, Lord, please help me not to be deceived by such foolishness. I pray your blessing on this invitation time now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Musicians playing are at the altar, maybe God has spoken to your heart. I need to come. And just say oh god help me i've been duped i've been deceived oh god help me not to let foolishness get my attention help me to grasp the wisdom that's crying out for me there are two voices we better recognize the difference between the one that has rich provision and a gracious invitation And the one that is loud and clamorous and obnoxious and simple and knoweth nothing. God help us to make our offenses horse high, bull strong.